special privilege this morning to be able to uh, welcome uh, John Gonzalez to the platform. And uh, I know we as as a congregation have followed um, his journey, uh, struggling through his illness, and he's here this morning to preach. Can you believe that? John is finally here to preach this morning. John, come on up. I have a special connection with John, though we hardly knew each other when I first came here a few uh, years ago, Um, and that is that his desk is now my desk, (laughs) and that's our big connection, apart from the fact that we've crossed paths now and to know each other, but John, it's so good to have you here this morning. It's a blessing to be here, and it's so good to see you, Greg. Thank you so much, and thank you, congregation, for being here today. Uh, God is good. God is good all the time. Right? And, uh, you know, I, my wife and I just went through a, through a journey that lasted about seven or eight years, if not closer to ten. But uh, it, it's, it's been tough. Um, I'm recovering. I had an, uh, let me see, it was June 23rd of this year that I went through a liver transplant. And uh, <clears throat> it changed my life drastically. The, the first place it changed me physically. It was obvious that I was real sick. Uh, towards the end of that journey, we, uh, I almost died, actually. And uh, <clears throat> when they finally went to the hospital, on the, I had give, given up the night before on Father's Day. I had given up on medication. I had given up, and I had no more strength to fight. My physical body was no longer able to, to resist them. The, uh, the pain to resist the, uh, what I went through, the sickness. And, uh, but thank God that on that same day, I told my wife, I had enough, honey. I'm ready to be going with the Lord. I'm ready. I talked to the Lord, and I told him, Lord, if you don't have a purpose for me anymore here on earth, please take me home. Uh, because I'm not going to take any more medication. Unless you want me and you have a mission for me to accomplish here on earth, I'm ready to go. So if you want me here, you got to do something because I'm not going to do anything else. I'm, I'm weak. I don't have no more energy to continue to fight, but um, I'm ready to go. And so uh, <clears throat> amazingly, of course, my wife resisted that. She goes, you cannot do that, honey. And she reminded me all the reasons why I should stick around and continue to fight. And uh, I said, but I don't have any more strength. I don't have any, any more energy to continue to fight. So uh, she put me in God's hands like she always had. And she said, Lord, you heard him. So if you're going to do something and you still have a purpose for him in life on this earth, uh, <clears throat> then you've got to make a mer- perform a miracle on him. And so it was Father's Day. And uh, I prayed, she prayed. And uh, the following morning, something that I had been waiting for for years, they called up. Around 7 o'clock in the mornings, we had a, a room with a hotline to the hospital. And uh, so they called us and they said, we're going to have a liver ready for him this evening or tonight. And so uh, she got me up from bed and she says, we've got to go to the hospital. So I went there and the following morning, <clears throat> 5 o'clock in the morning, I believe it was, or 4.30 in the morning, they rushed me into the uh, um, <clears throat> OR and performed that Actually, 
I consider it to be a miracle. Even though there was human hands working on me, doctors, I believe that they were also used by God. And some of them, the majority of them were Christian doctors. In reality, it didn't matter. What, what mattered was that it was a miracle of God. And, and that's the reason why I'm here today. So uh, with that, let me get my water over here, okay? <clears throat> I'm still very shaky from, from the, uh, I don't know if it's the effect of the medication or what, but um, it's something that I'm dealing with. And uh, I, I believe that in a couple of months or so, I'll be going to the normal, the normal me. <laughs> Excuse me. So I'm going to speak a little bit about my journey, our journey. And what I want to do is uh, I want to pray first and then share a few scriptures and, uh, and let you know why I call it our journey or my journey. Father, we thank you for this day, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, because as your word says, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And Father, what a blessing it is to be able to share with the church, with the congregation, with our church, Lord God, about our experience and the miracle of life that you perform in me, Lord. Father, thank you for, for that miracle. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to be here at the river with my brothers and sisters, Lord God. And I pray that you will bless us today. Lord, in Jesus' name, thank you. Amen and amen. Um, in Hebrews chapter 11, of course, we all know that that's called the chapter of faith. And it explains to us what faith is all about. I'm going to read one uh, verse, uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. And it says, um, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It gives us basically an explanation of what faith is. Um, Faith is the substance, substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Matthew 17 and verse 20 says, He replied, Because you have so little faith. Truly I tell you, if you have faith as a small as a, as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible with you. Of course, um, this is Jesus speaking. And uh, Life, in other words, you know, it's not easy. Life got its ups, but also life got its downs. Someone said that to me way back in my early years. Well, the older I get, the more I realize how true those words really are. Life is full of surprises. Sometimes everything seems to be going smooth and easy, and all of a sudden, bam, we get hit. With, a, with something, something unexpected. Sometimes life seems to be going smooth, easy. And even, uh, we can even enjoy life sometimes. But sometimes, uh, just like I said, you know, everything changes. From one day to another, things change. Uh, it could be an unexpected loss of employment, an unexpected loss of life, an unexpected serial, serious illnesses. An automobile accident, a financial loss, um, it could be anything. 
But all of a sudden, we are going through something real heavy and unexpectedly. But we are never alone. I believe that no matter what we go through in life, Jesus promised to be with us. God promised to be with us. He said, I never leave you or forsake you. Those are the scriptures that I always lean into. To know that no matter what I was going through or what we were going through, we were not going through it alone. He was with us all the time. He never left us, but he was with us all the time. Um, And as a result of that, because he was there with us, we were able to be here and share a positive message of what God really does through faith. And uh, we, we experienced the hand of God, the miraculous uh, hand of God working through our lives. I'll share a little something that I was uh, not going to actually mention. I mentioned it to some pastors, friends of mine, including Pastor Scott and stuff. Who believes in miracles here? Let me see your hand. Yeah, I guess everybody believes in miracles. That's why we're here, right? We believe in the word of God to be true, and, and we uh, follow it, follow the word of God, obey it. Not only do we know it, but we obey the word of God. I became a Christian, and I, I tell you something. I became a Christian in 1978, and, uh, and I had some tough, tough battles. And, uh, but I felt that always the Lord was with us, and the Lord was with me. And uh, when I count how many times I survived, Something terrible in my life, uh, I, I just get amazed. I tell people, and I think that some of them are with not believing completely what I say, but uh, because they have not gone through it themselves. But I went through it, and I know how many times God saved my life. The Lord saved my life, literally, so many times. The last time I counted, I think it was about 17 times that I could die, but I didn't. And so... Um, when I went through surgery, they called me up and they said, you know, bring, bring John to the hospital right now. And so my wife took me to the hospital. She was joyful. I was, I was very nervous, to be honest with you. Uh, I know it was major sur- uh, surgery. I knew that, um, that something was going to, that I was going to go through something really painful and that it was not going to be painful for that day, but for a long time, and I didn't know how long it was going to be. So I went fearful to the hospital, and I kind of, she was happy that I was going to get the surgery, but I was happy on the one hand. On the other hand, I was very nervous, and I prayed, and I prayed, and my wife prayed with me, and uh, the whole family, churches, the river was playing for us, and so uh, thank you for your prayers. Thank you for uh, that God answers prayer. Because when I gave up, and this is what I noticed, it had to take me giving up for the Lord to perform a miracle. And so I learned something from there. Don't ever give up. Because God, when when all hope is gone, God has the last word. And what seems impossible for us is possible with God. And so I, I, uh, that day, we went to the church, to the to the hospital, and uh, spent the whole day getting ready for surgery that night. Well, I, we went to the surgery room of the OR, 
um, at uh, approximately 4.30 in the morning or so. Um, and anyways, that's not important, but what is important is that when I went in there, I was under the, uh, the effects of the anesthesia. There was no way that I could wake up and, <laughs> and, and, and talk to the doctors or anything like that. I, I'm glad I didn't. I would have fainted or something. <laughs> I would have died if I did that. But anyways, um, I was um, under the influence. I was asleep. And all of a sudden, in the midst of the, the effects of the anesthesia, I heard a voice call me. I heard that voice said, John, 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 three times. And I said, what is this that I'm hearing? And I opened up my eyes in the vision, within the vision, I opened up my eyes. And uh, it, I saw a face about an arm's length from me, from my face. And he said, I love you. And I looked at that face, and he was so bloody. He was bleeding from the eyebrows, from the head. Blood would just come down his face completely, all over him. His hair was soaked in blood. His nose was bleeding. His eyebrows were bleeding. It was blood running from the, the uh, ears. And uh, his mouth was wide open. I felt so much compassion for that young man, because he was between the ages of 28 through 34, maybe. And uh, I saw that face, and I felt so much compassion for the way that he looked, with his mouth open, blood running out, and he says, I love you. I love you. And a third time, I love you. When he said it the third time, I said, I love you too. But I, in my vision, I felt so much compassion that I was crying to see him. And once I said, I love you too, the face moved to my right and disappeared. Couldn't look that way. But like I said, it was in a vision. And so went back to sleep under the anesthesia. I would never woke up. I, I want to guarantee you that I didn't wake up on the physical. It's a strange and it's very hard to explain, but I was in a, in a vision while I was in the anesthesia. My mom had just passed away by the way, a uh, few days before. So I was dealing with, with uh, my own pain, but I was, I was also dealing with the pain of losing my mom, and I was aware of that. And so uh, when I came out, I told my wife, you know, I, says, I went through, through something that I want to share with you. I couldn't talk for about two days or three because I had the... the Tubes all over, all over the place, and one going through my, through my throat and, and through my, exo- to my esophagus, and so I, I couldn't talk, and I was just dealing with this. That I, I wanted to share so much, and I remember the surgeon, the main surgeon, when he came to see me, he goes, uh, "John, you were an excellent patient," and I said, well, "What could I do? You know, I was under anesthesia. How could I not be?" But this is something that I was thinking about, and. Uh, and then he says, uh, and by the way, I say that because you did not give us any complications at all. None whatsoever. We do surgeries such as yours. It takes us between 6 to 12 hours for this type of uh, surgery, the, the, uh, the transplant. He goes, we did yours in four hours. 
and we didn't have any complications from you. And, uh, and you received a very healthy young liver. And so that was it. And so I, I, I said, thank you. You know, I, I couldn't talk. You know. But then I, when I was able to talk about three days later, once they removed the, the, uh, those tubes from my throat, and, and I was able to communicate a little bit better, I had a very low voice, very low voice, that you had to get close to me to be able to understand. And uh, I told my wife, I need to share something with you. And I told her what I had, the vision that I had. And uh, just as I shared it with you, and uh, I said, but don't give me an answer right now because it's bothering me. I don't know who it was. And uh, I said, Let's, let me just share this with you, and then we can evaluate and see what we think. What is your reaction to it? What do you think about it? And so we, uh, we prayed, and about two days later, uh, when she was visiting me now at the hospital, in intensive care, I still was in intensive care. She, uh, she told me, honey, about the vision. She says, uh, you said that you thought it was perhaps the, the donor. And I says, well, I thought perhaps it was either one or two persons. The other, the other is Jesus. She says, yeah, I know. She said, you know, honey, why do you think he was a donor? And I told him because when the doctor came to see me, the surgeon, I, uh, he told me that he was a young liver, a very healthy and young liver. That's what the surgeon said. So I said, okay. I was thinking that maybe it could have been. That's, initially, that's what I thought. But I thought that something for sure uh, that somebody for sure was there and is the one that I saw. Uh, she says, so what do you think? And I said, she says, I don't think he was a donor, honey, because he called you by name, and the donor didn't know you, so didn't know your name. And she says, and then he told you that he loved you. And I said, yes, he did say that three times. And she says, the donor couldn't love you because he didn't know you. The donor couldn't call you by name because... He didn't know you. And I said, that's true. And she goes, honey, I don't know, but I think he was the Lord Jesus. And I said, thank you, because that's what I was thinking also. Um, I believe, I never thought that visions, and when I heard a person talk about a vision, I would say, well, I don't know. But I had one. I had the vision in my, under the influence of the anesthesia, the effects of the anesthesia, I saw him. And uh, you, whether you believe it or not, I know what I saw in my vision. And I plan to talk about to, to, the, to the rest. Whenever I go to the Veterans Hospital, by the way, I go every week on Mondays to the Veterans Hospital. And they do lab works on me and they check me, kind of checking me to see um, how I'm doing. And um, I'm going to go in January 18. We're going to be in uh, Portland again and, and in Vancouver for a follow-up, they're going to do a, uh, a biopsy of my liver again. So uh, I, the reason I mention that is because the continuity and, and the contact that I have with the, with the VA hospital. And so I'm very pleased to, the, to what they did and, and to, to their concern about someone you know, that, that went through it. But anyways, uh, I'm not afraid because I know that things are going well according to his plan. Um, I, I have gone in the, in, the, in the recovery. I have gone through a lot. You know, I, after the surgery, I was flat completely. 
And, uh, but a few days after, I started getting a stomach again. And it was, you know, a huge belly. Not like the ones prior to the surgery, but it got uh, big again. And I was concerned about that. And I go, what? You know, I mean, they, they, I went to a, lost all the stomach that I had only to build up again. And so they told me, it's going to go away. It's going to go away. So it went, it went away. And uh, now I'm wearing clothes that I used to wear. Or no, not, not, I never saved any clothes. But <laughs> I'm going, I went back to the same size that I was when I was in high school and when I first entered the Marine Corps. And so uh, it's amazing. But now, first of all, I'm saying, Lord, take the stomach away, please. And I'm saying, gosh, I'm losing so much weight. I'm scared. <laughs> but anyways, I know that the Lord has been with us throughout this journey that we had. We, uh, we felt that God wants us to share the story. I want to go to the veterans' hospitals everywhere that the Lord opens up the door and share. There's a lot of people without hope. And perhaps some of you are going through something right now. And you are perhaps questioning, is God with me? Does he hear my prayers? Maybe you were diagnosed with having a, a, a terrible illness. And you're questioning right now, is this God, do you hear my prayers? Or did you forget about me? Do you even care about what I'm going through? Those are things that cross our mind. That's what crossed my mind. And I know that even church people, we feel that way sometimes. And I know that there is a lot of people without hope. They feel that they have no hope. There's a lot of people that are going through something and they don't think that there is an answer for their prayer. Well, you know what? I have people that I know and through the churches that I know from Canada to Argentina. And churches that were praying for me from Canada to Argentina and from coast to coast. Many people praying for me and different denominations. God, the Catholic Church was praying for me in different churches throughout Latin America as well. And here in the United States and and. So many churches in our denomination were praying for me. And, uh, and, and other churches also. Baptists, Methodists, Pentecostal churches, they were all praying for me. And God answers prayer. And I'm so glad that people showed their love towards us by praying for us. And most of the churches that I'm talking about, they, they had um, prayer network and they were all praying for me and so I'm very grateful for that and main thing I'm grateful for God answers prayers and so I don't know if you're going through something right now but God is going to do a miracle and he can do a miracle if you believe I have friends that uh, shortly after that they were with me over there we were staying at this place called the the, uh, the lodge the uh, transplant lodge. And in that lodge, there was about, mm, I'm going to say 120 men and a couple of women. That, they were also veterans, and they went through similar transplants. We, we were in this lodge. There was about 120 people, and most of us, oh, I mean, and the majority of them were uh, kidney transplants. 
But there was uh, about 25% of us were liver transplants. And it takes longer to recover from liver than it does from kidneys. And you get out of the hospital from kidneys, uh, you don't have to spend three months within the, uh, the trans- transplant lodge. Uh, they stay two months. We stay three months. And if you're well, they let you go home. But there was people that, that, that were there for 10 months. And uh, we put our lives here in California on hold or whatever state they were from and to, uh, to be there. We, didn't, we couldn't come home. Um, and their Wi-Fi signal, terrible. Don't ever go there. <laughs> uh, I bought a new laptop while I was over there so that I can see my kids and have a, either, um, what do you call it, a, uh, Sky what? Skype, yeah, call it Skype. And uh, I continually was having problems with the signal there. So I said, well, okay. I just call them all the time on the phone. And then they couldn't hear me too well because my voice had changed. And uh, I had to talk real loud, and it was exhausting for me. And besides, the phone that I was using also by a company that I don't want to name <laughs> was bad, bad reception. So... Uh, I was just hoping that everything will run smooth at home. Um, but anyways, uh, I want to, to let you know this. So if you're going through something right now, please, trust in the Lord. Don't give up. Continue to believe in his power uh, to heal, in a power, in the, his power to answer prayer. There's nothing difficult for him. In fact, he... I wrote four things to expect for me. Four things that played a major role in my survival. And those are faith, um, faith played a major role. Hope, hope that I would make it and that God was going to be with me to, to the last. Trust, trust in God. Another one is endurance. Because I, I, I tell you, church, I went to the end of my rope. I just didn't have no more strength. No more. I didn't want to bother God anymore. Uh, and, uh, and my strength was completely gone. But I endured till the end. Because I believe and I say I gave up. But in reality, what happened is that God never gave up. And when I said, that's it, he said, God said, no, I have another plan for you. What are you talking about giving up? And so hope and trust were very important. Endurance was very important as well. And then um, expectation. I, I said, Lord, now what am I going to do? For the last 30 years I've been preaching, and then all of a sudden I'm not doing anything but laying down in bed and trying to to recover or, or, or trying to, uh, to fight, literally, in prayer for my life and doing everything possible to live a normal life. But God is good. And so our journey is not a journey of, of, uh, of my life, but it's a journey of, of expectation. It's a journey of hope. It's a journey of, of uh, endurance. It's a journey of, of faith. It's a journey of hope. And those things are key elements in our, 
in our journey. Because we all have a journey with God. So our journey is not about us. It's about him. He helped us through. He was there. He never left us nor forsaken us. He provided. I mean, I never thought that we could survive this one. Um, both financially and, uh, and that we didn't lose our house or home or had to sell the cars or, or whatever. We came back and everything was like, like never before. Well, and let me correct that. It was the, the cabinets, the food sources, <laughs> the storage, they were empty. Because my kids would eat everything. <laughs> so they <laughs> ate us out of the house, basically. <laughs> I told my wife, hey, what do we have to eat? She goes, nothing. Everything is gone. So I said, how did they do it? So the first things that we did was to go to, well, she did, was to go to the market and, and again, try to fill the cabinets again. <laughs> but um, thank you once again, church. I want to uh, conclude with this. Trust, believe, hope, endure in the Lord for everything that you do. I had a bunch of scriptures, but, I, you know, I'm using, I had to buy that. The laptop that I bought over there is Windows 10. I was barely getting familiar with Windows 8. And I went to 10, so I'm having a heck of a trouble, problem trying to to get into the programs and do this. And I sent about three or four emails to the church, and they never got them with my notes uh, so that we could put them in the, in the, uh, on the screens over here. But, but I'm learning, and that's nothing. It's a piece of cake. Uh, but don't ever give up. Believe and trust in the Lord, and that he will do the rest. Just expect the best. God, one thing I wanna I wanna mention is that the Lord the word expectation is precisely that it comes from the Latin word expect expect uh, expectationum something like that expectationum that's a, a Latin word uh, and, and and that means precisely that to be expecting for something good to happen don't expect the worst. Expect the better. I was a, uh, a chaplain also for, um, for well, what do you call that chaplaincy, honey? I forget. Huh? No, well, no, not the chaplain, but um, of the racetrack. I, of course, I was a chaplain for the racetrack, but, but also for those people that are already going to die. Hospice. I had... My, my unit's in hospice, and I forget the word. It, it, you lose it. I, I'm recovering also from my, my speech and uh, my mind. I lost a lot of names. I don't remember names. I'm still working on it. Um, but um, So if I don't call you by your name or, you know, or something, it's because I don't remember. And so uh, if you talk to me, you say, you know, my name is so-and-so. Because I usually continue to use the, the book of uh, where, where the church members he, he's at. And so I pick it up and I go, oh, that was that, <laughs> that was so-and-so. But um, allow me to, to, to finish with this, okay? Jesus said, the Lord is my shepherd. He taught us that, right? The Bible says that. The Lord is my shepherd. I should not want. And that's Psalms 23. 
Um, He's been my shepherd since I met him many years ago. He's been my shepherd. He protects me, guides me, and delivers me, and I expect him to do that because I am his child. And I still want to serve him. And I'm looking and seeking right now and praying, Lord, what is it that you want me to do now? Which way do you want me to go? You know what? I cannot see the clock. And so, not yet? No, okay. I just want to make sure that I'm on time. And so, um, knowing that I have more time, that's great. <laughs> um, Joshua 1, 7 uh, through 16. That's a scripture I wanted to read to you. I mean, this, this was my, my favorite scripture all the time. And uh, I continually look for it and, and, and pray about this. Because I know that, that God is with us, but at the same time, do you have a favorite scripture that, that you have? That really, since, my, uh, since I became a Christian, that was my favorite scripture. Because it talks about the Lord being with us, the Lord never leaving us or forsaken us. And so that scripture had been my scripture. I took it personally. I took it as, as my, my scripture for me personally. And I don't know if you have a scripture, but I do have a favorite scripture that I, since I became a Christian, I use. Um, Joshua chapter 1, verse 7 through 16. Be strong and have courage. Be careful, being careful to do accordingly to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it, neither to the right nor to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do accordingly to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Haven't I commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And Joshua commanded the officers of the people, pass through the midst of the camp, and command the people, prepare your provisions, for within three days you are to pass over this Jordan. To go to, to possess the land that your God is giving you to possess. And so I cross my Jordan. And I think that all of us sooner or later are going to have to cross that Jordan as well. I'm not saying that I'm going to live you know, eternally. I'm ready to go whenever I want to go, but whenever God wants me to and needs me there. But um, expect the best. I always expected long life uh, not for my purpose but so that I can do the best that I can do while I'm still here so that I can share with other people uh, the kingdom of God so that I can be a good role model in my community and especially my family to have a good testimony among my friends relatives loved ones and to have an impact 
in the world. And I praise God that he gave me a second opportunity. I, we've been praying, seeking direction. God, what is it that you want me to do next? What is it that you want to, in what area of ministry do you want me to, to serve? And so the first thing that I feel that God wants me to do is chair our, our um, journey. Uh, to veterans, to the church people, to our community. Um, and so if you, want, if you want to continue praying for me, pray that the Lord would open my eyes and my ears so I can hear God's direction. And if it is for me to be sharing in different places, different churches, for uh, doors to be opening without me having to call them up and tell them what I'm doing, but for God to open up the doors himself. So pray that God will give me wisdom to understand what direction he wants me to take. Okay, church? And uh, I thank you for that. And so I think that I will conclude my, my part so that we've got another service coming up, right? So, uh, all right? So uh, I'm going to do the, is there another song that we're going to do? We'll do the benediction right now. Pray. Yes. No, that, I was going to do that. But okay. Let's pray. Father, thank you for, for this time. I wanted to do the best, Lord God, and, and I don't know if I did, but you know my intentions and you know my heart. You know that it is with the purpose of communicating the awesomeness of your love, the power of your word, and the way that you hear our prayers and answer them, Lord God. Thank you once again. I pray that you bless the people as they hopefully meditate on the words that I was sharing Pray that you will give them hope. Hope that, you, that they, can, they can develop trust towards you, to your word. And that they continue to walk with you all the ways of their life, Lord God. Thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, Lord God. Amen.